Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Season 2 of Jamie All Over. Hi, guys. I have missed you so much. I have had a really productive, relaxing introspective summer. I got everything out of it that I had hoped for in taking this break from the podcast. As much as I love doing it and connecting with you, I knew that I needed to kind of get quiet with myself and take the pressure off so that I could focus on several things. One being spending more time and quality time with my daughter, Ivy. She obviously is off school for summer break. She's now back in school. But for the summer, she was with me every single day. And I just wanted to make the most of that time. She just turned 10 in June. And she's growing up so, so fast. You know, I look back at videos that are still in my phone where she could barely talk. And just every age that she was at was just adorable. But I do feel that at some point I'm going to lose my little girl and she's going to become this teenager. And it's so crazy when I dropped her off for her first day of school, I saw the other girls in her grade and she's on the shorter side of the girls. But there were these three girls that were so tall, taller than all the boys too. I think one or two of them had braces. One of them was wearing these like chunky heels, kind of open toe. They're not supposed to be wearing open toed shoes, but they kind of were. And they just looked just so much like teenagers. Like they looked like they were in high school and they're in fifth grade. It scared me because I'm like, oh my God, I am going to lose my little girl. She is growing up. I just wanted to soak in as much time with her this summer that I possibly could. And the podcast is very time consuming. You may hear it as only 45 minutes, but so much extra time and energy goes into making those 45 minutes. So I just wanted to be able to be physically available for her, but also mentally available. When I say so much goes into it energetically, you know, when I'm back into the podcasting routine that I am now, throughout my days, I'm thinking, hey, would this be useful for the listeners? Do you think they would like to learn about this or hear about this? Or is this entertaining? So it's always a thought. And you guys are always at the forefront of my mind over the summer. I just wanted to be able to fully be present. It's hard for me to be present as it is. And that's the key to happiness, isn't it? It's to learn how to be in the present moment, to not live in the past 
to not live in the future. They say when you're living in the past, that's depression. When you're living in the future, that's anxiety. And obviously not 100% of the time, you can think of a happy event that's coming up in the future, like a vacation. And you can think of a happy event in the past. It's not all or nothing with that. But I do get the concept of the more we can just be in the present moment, that's the only place we can I guess, experience true happiness because this is all we really have. So I've been trying to be in the present. And for me and the way my mind works, you know, Ivy will say something to me and I won't even hear it. I know she's speaking and I'll have to be like, wait, what did you just say? If I'm writing something or if I'm reading something, I can't, I guess, take in two streams of information at the same time. I don't really know how to explain it, but I'm working on being able to be more present So I don't have to always say, what did you say? (laughs) Wait, I didn't hear that. (laughs) So I think it was successful. We'll get her on the mic. She has to come on and say hi. So I'll see how her summer went for her. But for me, it was really lovely. We went to the East Coast and got to visit family in New York City and New Jersey and Pennsylvania. And I got to see some old friends I see all these trips, like people going to Europe and my goodness, like I would love to go to Italy or France, but what I needed this summer with Ivy was to just go there. I believe I told you guys before I took the break, I may have said it on the Patreon, forgive me, I don't know where I said it, but I did mention that I was going to be going to a small lake town that I used to go to as a child. It was just really nice to be able to bring Ivy there, and I stayed off my phone. I did take photos and videos, but I stayed off social media as much as possible. I was not texting, and a lot of places where I was, it was so remote that I didn't even have cell service unless I was hooked up to the Wi-Fi. I completely, what's the word, not detached, but unplugged. I unplugged from everything. And I know that being unplugged is helpful. And it's something we should do on a regular basis. Actually doing it and putting it into practice for an extended amount of time, I'm saying maybe two weeks I did this, if not longer. I noticed when I went back onto Instagram and I just started scrolling and then Ivy asked me something, I snapped a little bit. And I checked myself. I'm like, wait, what is making me behave this way? Why do I feel anxious or not having patience or upset? Like, what is doing this to me all of a sudden? And I'm like, oh, the only thing that changed right now is I went back on social media. It was really cool to see the difference and how it truly does affect me on a regular basis. So since then, I have been on Instagram way less, been in the DMs way less. I always say I want to respond to every DM that I get. I still try to. I just don't do it as timely as I used to. I'll set aside some time where I know, okay, I'm going to go in and respond to the DMs. And then once that time is up, I shut it down. Whereas before, it's like anytime it would come in, I had my notifications on and I would get back to people right away. And I'm like, nope, We're not letting that interrupt a daily routine. We are just going to intentionally go in and do those at a specific time. And so it may take me longer to get back to them, but I do. I've been prioritizing the Patreon. Anyone who writes messages in there, 
I still get the notification right away through email. So those I'm a bit more timely with. But as far as Instagram, I've really taken a step back, just kind of keeping balance in mind. It's so easy for us to, if we're bored, to just out of habit, pick up the phone and start scrolling. People, when they're out at restaurants and their friend hasn't arrived yet or their date hasn't arrived yet, they're scrolling. It's a habit, but I also think it goes beyond that. And it's almost like a crutch for us socially, you know, instead of standing there and saying hello to the person standing next to you or striking up conversation with a stranger, we go right to the phone. It kind of perpetuates this social anxiety that I think collectively is growing. Again, just kind of being off the phone. It's kind of like a muscle that you are strengthening, bringing yourself back to real life and keeping your eyes up instead of down and looking people in the eye and connecting with people. It's just definitely brought more peace into my life and happiness. I'm really happy. I don't know if you can tell in my voice. A lot of times on this podcast, and you know, life is up and down and don't expect to be happy all the time. I don't expect to be, or I hope to not be sad all the time, but I have truly wanted to work on my health, my happiness over the summer as well. I've taken a lot of steps to eliminate the things that do not bring me happiness. And so we just covered one, which was the whole deplugging from things a little bit more often, connecting with people more in real life. And this is so cliche and so basic, but focusing on the positive. I know we all know this. I know we all say it and think it, but do we truly practice it because I had to train myself to do this. I'll get into this course that I took recently, but I learned that the more you do it, again, it's like exercising a muscle. The more you do it, the more you're going to do it and the easier it's going to come to you is to just make yourself into this positive person. And so now that it's kind of something I'm aware of and working on, I will see opportunities all day long of how can I look at this issue? Am I going to take a positive look at it or am I going to go my normal route? Will that be negative? Will that be pessimistic? Will that be fearful? Or how can I actually look at this in a positive way? It's kind of like the whole thing with the secret and manifestation. It's like, think of the positive outcome, expect the positive outcome, and oftentimes you will get that. It doesn't do us any good to not be positive. Obviously, there's extremes and then there's that toxic positivity where it's not sincere and it's kind of just this glazed over attitude where it's just like, oh my God, that's enough. It's just like, to me, it's just like not genuine and it's too much for me and I hate it. It makes me sick. So it's like, it has to be sincere. Doing it in these little ways that pop up every day, we always have these opportunities. Like, how are we going to look at this? And I've been choosing to look at the positive side of things and focus more on that. And the more you focus on it, the more you'll get of it. Again, super basic, but something I've been doing lately that I think is making me happier. (laughs) So I just mentioned a class that I did, and it was on cognitive behavioral therapy. It was an intense course because it was three hours, Monday through Friday, for two weeks straight. Every day, there would be like a different theme, something we learned and worked on. And we even learned about different meditation techniques, ways of positive thinking, And I just, I learned a lot. But aside from the things that I learned in the class, something else that I realized was like, wow, getting up at a certain time every morning 
and being to this class and ready and showered and dressed, being there by 9 a.m. every single day became a positive thing for me. Not only that, being in a group of other people, all kind of sharing information with each other, it created this kind of like this sense of connection with other people in real life. All of these people were strangers, but we met every day for two weeks straight. And by the time we were done, obviously no one was a stranger anymore. We exchanged information. We want the best for each other. But it was really nice to kind of go in there. And every morning we would kind of talk about the night before. And something that was a big theme was, what did you do for yourself? And then if it was a weekend coming up, it would be like, okay, what are you going to do every single day? What are you going to do for yourself? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then on Monday, we would be accountable for that. And we would come back in and we would recap what we did. And did we actually get to do these things? And it's like for some people, their lives were so busy. They have so many kids and they're doing so many things that all they wanted to try to do for themselves was to take a bath. There would be days that they couldn't even get it done. And then they'd be like, okay, I'm really going to get that bath done. (laughs) I'm really going to take that time for myself. For other people, it was just going for a walk with a family member. This one girl wanted to go for walks with her grandmother who she lived with. It kind of made me realize that there are people out there struggling just to do what I view as such bare minimum self-care. And they're struggling just to do that, whether it's because they have depression or because they're too busy or they're too stressed, whatever the case may be. And it was just kind of grounding to hear all of these other people's stories and all of us there for one common goal, which was to learn more about cognitive behavioral therapy. And if you're wondering what that is, obviously it's a form of therapy. I'll tell you what I wanted from it. It was because my Adderall that I had gone on for the ADHD was not effective. I needed to come off of it. As you know, I was then put on Wellbutrin and I still have it in my drawer. I have not even opened it. And I was like, let's explore every other option before I do this. I was hesitant to even get on the meds to begin with. I was desperate though. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. If this will help, I'm going to do it. It wasn't right for me. And for a little bit, I got really defeated and I was like, I guess this is just my life. This is what my life is going to be like and it's just always going to (laughs) suck. But then I started researching, trying everything that sounded good to me. I know that one of the things is cognitive behavioral therapy and I just didn't want it to take forever. I didn't want to do therapy once every two weeks, you know, and if when you get a new one, it takes a while for them to even get to know you, to even get working on actual things Sometimes it's not effective. In my case, many times it's not effective. So I really wanted to take those matters into my own hands as well. I'm still doing the therapy, but like I mentioned, my new therapist is still just getting to know me. So anyway, the cognitive behavioral therapy, it's a form of psychological treatment that has been demonstrated to be effective for a range of problems, including depression, anxiety disorders, alcohol, and drug use problems, marital problems, eating disorders, and severe mental illness. Numerous research studies suggest that CBT leads to significant improvement in functioning and quality of life. In many studies, CBT has been demonstrated to be as effective or more effective than other forms of psychological therapy or psychiatric medications. I definitely think it helped a lot. It taught me a lot of lessons that I'm going to share on here with you. Learn things like the drama triangle. And when I was learning about this, I'm like, oh my God, if my friends even knew about this, 
and knew how to get out of it and prevent themselves from ever getting into it, none of them would be on reality TV. This would ruin reality TV because this drama triangle that I will share with you guys, I feel like it's what every reality show is based on. It's insane. But more on that later. I think overall it was really positive and I learned so much, like I said, and I'm excited to kind of teach you guys some of the things that I've learned too in upcoming episodes. Yeah, I was looking over my journal because I actually just started journaling a couple nights ago. I scrolled back. I saw my notes on an episode that I did earlier this year. I think it was one of the first episodes of 2023. And it was about nine questions that this psychiatrist asks his patients to determine where they are with their mental state and if they're at risk of spiraling downward psychologically. And he says, if you answer no to three or more of these questions, then he views these patients at a risk of spiraling downward. So I kind of took that and I was like, well, I definitely answered more than three no's to these questions. So what can I do to improve my quality of life here? And so I took those questions and I turned them into my goals for 2023. So question number two is, is their use of free time engaging, meaningful, and productive? And so I took that question and the goal that I wrote down was for what I want to do with my free time. And it was exercise, education, cleaning and organizing, journaling, reading more books. As you just heard, organizing, right? I read these to you guys. Because of that, I believe it makes me more accountable and I want it to be accountable to you. So I really took these things seriously. That is what started this whole journey where I'm like, okay, let's watch some like home organization videos on YouTube. Let's see what I can learn because I don't know about you, but having a 10-year-old with all the toys and all the books and the markers and loose papers and things you don't know what you should keep and what you can throw out and all the clothes, all the shoes, just there's so much. And now she's getting into like little girl makeup and lip glosses and all her (laughs) bath and body work stuff. She has so many like sprays and all the hair stuff, the headbands, so many things. And I'm just like, as much as I love organization, I truly am a Virgo. How to best organize those things just does not come naturally to me. I'll try so many different ways and then everything ends up messy days later. And so I'm like, let's See if there's experts out there on this. Teach me how to best organize that it can stay that way. And as I'm watching these videos, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Nothing really resonated. And then, as you know, YouTube will automatically just go into another video. And I didn't select this. I don't think I was paying attention much anymore. And the next video that it just randomly put on was how to organize if you have ADHD. I watched this video. A light bulb went off. And I'm like, oh, my God do I have this? (laughs) Because it made so much sense to me. And, you know, as I said, the previous videos didn't really resonate, but this one was like, all of that makes sense. So then I went down my whole rabbit hole. Do I have this? Watched so many videos, read so many things. And then I'm like, okay, I think I need to go for a diagnosis and, and actually figure out if I have this. I do. And I was diagnosed, but I bring it all back to that one episode where I was saying my 2023 goals, organization was on there. And had I not wanted to be accountable for you, I don't know that I ever would have even discovered at this point that I had ADHD or that I would be finally finding some answers and 
helping myself. So thank you for that. I think that's honestly one of the reasons I was meant to do this podcast was to find those answers. You know, everything happens for a reason. So and we don't really see until we can kind of look back and we're like, wow, and just be grateful. So very grateful. Thank you. So I want to share with you guys some things that I've been doing to help with that since the meds were not effective for me. So through my research, I found this supplement called Pycnogenol. Weird name, I know. The spelling is P-Y-C-N-O-G-E-N-O-L, Pycnogenol. It's also called French Maritime Bark. So it's an extract that comes from the bark of a French maritime pine tree, I believe, which they grow in France along the coast, hence the word maritime. This bark, the extract that they take from it, has been used for so many things. Years and years ago in history, I guess it was used to treat scurvy. Scurvy was what would happen to, say, pirates in 1500s. I don't know. That's my guess. When they were deficient in vitamin C, they would get scurvy. Pycnogenol is so full of vitamin C that this bark extract would help with that. In my research now, they're finding that it can also help with ADHD symptoms. It's a liquid and you can get it put into capsules. I can't swallow capsules, so I actually just get the liquid. It comes with a dropper and I put the drops under my tongue. I was taking a little bit too much. I think I was taking initially 17 drops a day. And then I read the instructions again, and I think it was actually 13. So I cut back. It does not taste good. I'm going to warn you now. It's not the worst taste in the world. It's not like it's super bitter or anything like that, but it's just not good. It's weird. I mean, it's bark. It's literally tree bark. And the one that I got was not flavored with anything else. In the the type that I got, I don't know if they're all like this when you get the liquid, but there's kind of like pieces of the bark pulp, I feel like, still in it as well. And given that the liquid is like a dark blood red color, when you see those little pieces of like the pulp, it kind of looks like bloody tissue or something. I don't know. It looks it it looks like blood. So I have also been putting it directly on my face because another use for it is that it supposedly reverses aging. And I hate to say that so like blatantly like that because I obviously I don't think anything that we have right now can truly reverse aging, but it's supposedly able to reverse the signs of aging. So, you know, if you have wrinkles, fine lines, it can actually reverse them and make them disappear. And it makes your skin more youthful. So some companies make skin creams with pycnogenol in them. I know there's a skincare company called The Ordinary. They have one with it in it. But I was like, I have it anyway for a supplement. I'm just going to put it directly on my face. So I've also been doing that. I put it on first and then I put the rest of my skincare on. What I've started doing now is I'll take my moisturizer and put it in the palm of my hand and then I'll put the drops on top of the moisturizer and I'll mix it together and then put it on my face. That's a little cleaner that way. There's less spillage. Honestly, if you're ingesting it, I don't even know that you have to also put it on topically. I think when you ingest it, it does the same thing. But I will say that I don't remember the last time I got Botox. I'm definitely due for it at this point, but I just didn't get it. And I don't think I need it. Normally, by this time, I would be like, okay, it's time for for some Botox. But 
hopefully, you know, this can help me not get it. Or, and I've been wanting to kind of phase it out anyway. So I think it's working. And then on top of it, just my skin itself looks more hydrated, more plump. I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> but the biggest thing that I noticed was that now they say that it, it can take up to, I think, 12 weeks to start feeling the results of this. But I had taken it for about two, three weeks at this point. I was taking it throughout the whole time I was traveling back east. And by the time I got back home to California, I did something that I have been putting off for years and years and years. And this goes back to helping ADHD symptoms. So if you recall, when I first started on the Adderall, I was like, you know what? I was hoping it would help me get these tasks done that I've been wanting to do and just don't do them. And it's not a magic pill. It didn't do that. Well, I don't know if it was the pycnogenol, but when I got back and after taking it for about two or three weeks, I got all of these things done. I didn't really connect it until after the fact. I'm like, why did I do all of this now? Like, what changed? And that was the only factor that I could think of that was different. But when I got back home, and also, by the way, it could also be the fact that I was off my phone and then I was out of my environment for a while. It could be a combination of all three. I don't know. But I will tell you, when I got back home, I completely focused every single day. I would wake up and I would organize a certain area of my house. But not only did I organize my entire place, I redecorated every single room. I got new couches. I got a new dining set. I sold this dining table that I had just been putting it off and putting it off. It was way too big for the apartment that I'm in now. It fit in the one previously because I was in a townhouse previously with bigger dining room. It's a huge long table. I want to say six feet long. This like natural cut wood gorgeous like walnut table with a bench on one side, chairs on the other. And like I didn't really want to part with it, but it did not fit in my space. So it was just up against the wall. So I could have space to kind of like move through, but it was totally useless. And it kind of became this station where I was storing things on it. And I didn't have a dining room table to use. So finally sold it. <laughs> Got one that fits the space. If you come to my house, if you open up any drawer, it's so organized and it has stayed that way. This has been such a relief. And it's so true with the energy of your environment. If it's cluttered, or even if you know that the drawer in your nightstand is cluttered, even if you can't see it, I swear it does something to your energy. This kind of ties into feng shui a little bit, which I also learned a little bit about in cognitive behavioral therapy class for some reason. But it's so true about the energy of your things and clutter. Ivy and I, I'm so proud of her. We got rid of so much, so many things that she doesn't use, whether we donated the toys and the books and the clothes that she doesn't wear anymore, or we just had to throw out a bunch of junk that wasn't able to be donated. She let go of so many things. And it was funny because during this time period, we were also watching the show Hoarders, which I had never really gotten into before. That was kind of like our nightly ritual. We would watch Hoarders and then we would also watch the home edit. So we had this healthy dose of Okay, this is worst case scenario where you can't even move in your home if you don't learn to let go of things and if you put a priority over things rather than your quality of life. And I think with both of us watching worst case scenario, it just made it so much easier for us to purge. Every day we would get up and just start getting rid of everything that we don't need or use, which was step one. And then we would, you know, watching the home edit, they're all about organization and 
making things look really nice. What I got from that was, okay, I'm not going to make everything like in my pantry arranged by the color. I don't need rainbow cereal. <laughs> like, I don't need to take my cereal out of the box and put it into plastic containers so I could see it. If that's your thing, cool. If that makes you feel nice and neat and organized, awesome. I just know for me, I don't need that. What I did get from the show was just, you know, ways to group things in categories so then you can figure out what size you need to organize it. So, and it looks like a disaster before it looks better. But then you start grouping things into different categories. Like, okay, this is Ivy's artwork. These are Ivy's LOL dolls. This is school supplies. This is my office supplies. We grouped everything and then we would see what type of containers or, you know, what drawers they should all go into. And it's been amazing. It's been so wonderful. If you have some things where you're like kind of teetering with, like I haven't worn this in six months or a year, but I really love this dress or whatever, but you just don't want to part with it. I made a category for things like that too. And I got these bags that I could put all my clothing in and zip it up. And it was kind of like airtight and safe. And I put that in the garage. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put it in the garage. And if months from now, I still don't go down there. I still don't want it. Then I probably should make myself get rid of it. But at least I got it out of my space. And I feel like such a weight has been lifted. It was seriously contributing to some sort of like depression, just knowing that my spaces were not organized. I am so much lighter and brighter and happier now that we got all of this done. So I think pycnogenol, whether it's placebo effect or not, has been a wonderful addition to this little toolbox that I am gathering of things to help. So let me actually read you all of the benefits of pycnogenol because there are so many. It's insane. You are going to want to run out and get this. I wish I sold it myself because this is the thing. This is the best skincare secret, the best secret for mood, overall health. Okay, it's a unique blend of antioxidants, anti-inflammatory, collagen, and hyaluronic acid regenerator. That's the stuff that helps with the skin. And oh my God, does it. Blood circulation support. It helps skin, vision, joints, circulation. When it's your time of the month, it helps with cramps and bloating. It helps with cognition, your breathing. So for the skin, as far as studies are concerned, in a small 2012 study on postmenopausal women, they found that the pine bark extract improved hydration and elasticity of skin. They took it as a supplement and it was most effective in women who started out with dry skin. Let me tell you, my skin just looks so plump and hydrated. It's amazing. So it increases the production of hyaluronic acid and collagen, which is what you're normally like buying in anti-aging products, but this makes your body produce it. It also speeds up the wound healing process. It reduces the creation of free radicals, which are the molecules linked to several skin conditions. It helps with cell regeneration and replication. It can protect you from UV rays. It reduces redness. It decreases melasma, which are those dark spots you get on your skin. Protection against skin cancer. Let's get into the benefits for ADHD, though. It shows promise for helping manage ADHD symptoms. A 2006 study found that children who took a daily pine bark extract supplement for four weeks had significantly lower levels of hyperactivity. 
It also appeared to improve their attention span, visual motor skills, and concentration. The study participants' symptoms started to return a month after they stopped taking the pine bark extract. So it's something you have to continually take for this. Once you go off, it will get out of your system. Another 2006 study examined the effects of the antioxidant activity of pine bark extract on oxidative stress, which is thought to be one of the non-genetic factors contributing to ADHD. Children who took a pine bark extract supplement for one month had healthy antioxidant levels. While these results are promising, there isn't enough research to fully understand the effect of antioxidant levels on ADHD symptoms. It helped all the things that I was hoping medication could help. It can also help with some types of arthritis. It's rich in plant pigments called bioflavonoids. No major side effects have been reported in previous trials. Minor side effects include stomach upset and headaches. I did have a headache. I do remember that. I think it was one or two days that I had a headache, not the entire time. In theory, pine bark may lower blood pressure and blood sugar level. For that reason, you should be careful taking pine bark if you have hypertension or diabetes. Good to note. Okay, now the dosage. Again, like this is like not very well known. So there's not a specific dosage. And it seems that the dosage varies depending on what you're taking it for. In studies, uh, a lot of times they'll use 250 milligrams of the capsules per day. So 100 milligrams total. So they did some trials for osteoarthritis. So in the first trial, 156 participants with osteoarthritis pain that wasn't well controlled with non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs were randomly selected to receive either 100 milligrams daily of pine bark or a placebo. All participants were free to use NSAIDs, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, They were free to use them throughout the three-month trial. There was a 56% reduction in pain in the pine bark group compared to only a 10% reduction in the placebo group. The pine bark group showed significant improvements in foot and ankle swelling, joint stiffness, and physical function. Pine bark was significantly more effective than the placebo in all these aspects. The use of NSAIDs dropped by 58% in participants taking pine bark compared to only 1% in the placebo group. The pine bark group had a significant reduction in gastrointestinal symptoms compared to almost no reduction in the placebo group. So, I mean, there's so much more information you can read online. I researched a lot and I don't even think I got into any of the ADHD stuff that I found previously that actually made me want to get it. I purchased it just on Amazon. If you want to know specifically which one I got, hit me up, DM me, and I will send you a screenshot of the kind that I got. Obviously, this is not medical advice. I am not a doctor. I'm just sharing my experience taking it. But there was that mention if you have diabetes or there was one other thing. Was it low? I forget the other one. I'm so sorry. But obviously consult your doctor before you start taking anything new. This is not medical advice. Have to say that. Okay. So before I go grab Ivy, I wanted to tell you one other thing that I've done. So for the ADHD. So we went over the cognitive behavioral therapy. We went over a supplement called Pycnogenol. And another thing that I have recently started doing is a cacao ceremony every night with Ivy. You're probably wondering what the heck is that? So cacao is basically what chocolate is made from. It's a superfood. The cacao ceremony, 
it's kind of taking off a little bit in the wellness space. You may or may not have already heard of it. A friend of mine, Roma, actually did it in Orlando, and her experience sounded so magical. And I had never heard of it before, but she came back and she told me about her experience. And hers well exceeds anything that I've experienced because there's different dosages. There's like a ceremonial dose, which is way higher and stronger in the cacao than the kind that I make at home. I do have a ceremonial dose coming up for my birthday. I'm going to be doing a little birthday dinner in LA. And then after dinner, I am having a cacao ceremony for everyone. So I'm excited to try the higher dosage and see if I have any of the effects that my friend did. But what she said happened to her was she had her eyes closed. It's not a hallucinogenic. It's not a drug. It's literally like what chocolate comes from. It's a superfood. But my friend goes into this other worldly experience where she sees her past life as a cow and then the cow was thanking her for being a vegan and doing all her animal advocacy work when they kind of came out of it it had rained everywhere around them except where they were sitting she said everything was soaked except the circle that they were in which was interesting she just said it was such an amazing experience so i started researching cacao a little bit more and then i start hearing about it and my ears perk up i'm like what's this all about? So they've been going on forever in like the Mayan and Aztec cultures. And it was kind of a way of bringing community together. They've been going on for thousands of years. There's archaeological evidence of cacao's uses dates back to 3,900 years ago in Central America. And recent genetic evidence dates back to about 5,300 years ago in the Amazon. So this is an ancient thing. And a big part of it is sending positive intentions and manifestations. So when I reached out to this girl who's coming to do our cacao ceremony for my birthday, she's like, okay, so what is your intention? So I know what kind of energy to put into this and how to best meet your goals for the ceremony. Based on the people that I know are coming to my birthday and what I want for myself, I will read you the intention. I said, I'm thinking healing betrayal, connecting people who have differing opinions, and finding empathy for all, releasing judgment, resentment, and grudges, discovering worth that is based on just the fact that we are here, alive, and worthy because we exist and not for what we do superficially, finding abundance through making ourselves and others happy, finding a bigger meaning slash cause outside of ourselves, to be of service for, to be considerate of others and know we are all connected so that the thought of competition is irrelevant because the universe is infinite. Now that's one long run-on sentence. Those are my intentions for my upcoming cacao ceremony for me and my friends. But getting back to what is cacao? Actually, before getting back to that, since I'm on the topic, and I may forget later, I am inviting people, if you're in the LA area, to join us for the cacao ceremony and for dinner. So if you are on my Patreon, I'm going to be putting up a link on more information for that. It's this Thursday, September 7th at 7 p.m. So if you are in LA and you are on my Patreon or you're planning on joining the Jamie Oliver Patreon, the information is in there. I would love to see some of you and have you experience this cacao ceremony also. So it's supposed to open your heart. It contains a molecule called thermobromine. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Theobromine. There we go. Which is a little like a sister molecule to caffeine. Unlike caffeine, however, its stimulating effects focus more on blood flow and the heart than on the nervous system. 
I think this, now that I'm reading that it's light caffeine, I'm like, ah, Jamie, maybe you should research before you give it to Ivy, but I'm going to do my research. You guys do your research too, but so far so good. So, okay, getting back to this. So you will likely experience cacao as more grounded energy source than caffeine. Ceremonial cacao can certainly feel energizing, but won't tend to make you feel jittery or keep you up at night. Yeah, I mean, I do this at night and then we meditate and then go to sleep. It does not keep me up. But if I take a coffee after noon, I'm up till 2 a.m. Because of the way the theobromine significantly increases blood flow, you will likely experience a heart-opening sensation after drinking cacao. It's common to feel filled up with love or open and connected to both yourself and others. So it's also mood-boosting. It stimulates focus and clarity. That's what I have been trying to help with the ADHD abundant in health properties. It's one of the highest natural sources of antioxidants. I'm getting all these antioxidants in and I love it. And one of the highest sources of magnesium known to man. That is huge because most of us are deficient in magnesium, in America at least. And it's in perfect ratios that are fully absorbable by the body. It's also high in an extensive number of vitamins and minerals, including B, Vitamin A, C, and D, calcium, zinc, copper, and potassium. So many things. And there's a whole spiritual connection. There's a TED Talk about it. I didn't love the speaker, so I didn't listen to the whole thing, truth be told. But it was interesting because he had mentioned, I guess, studies that were done on cultures that did cacao regularly as opposed to those who did not. And there was like non-existent heart disease. So it's very heart healing physically, but also, I guess, emotionally, spiritually, all of that. I bought it at Whole Foods. I bought the cacao powder. I got the organic kind. And the way that I make it is I take one cup of oat milk, put it in a pot, one tablespoon of the cacao powder, a squeeze of agave syrup to sweeten it a bit. I don't like it very sweet, so I tend to put more in ivies after it's done being made than I do to make the initial dose of it that I will be taking. And then sometimes we'll pour like a little capful of vanilla in it, but not all the time. It's so delicious. It's so soothing and calming. And we will take our cups of our hot chocolate (laughs) and go onto my balcony at night. I put on our fairy lights that we have all over and I bring my Bluetooth speaker out there and we both lay down and we do a guided cacao meditation. They're on Spotify. You just look up guided cacao meditation. There's several to choose from. It's so peaceful, so relaxing, and I look forward to it. It's like become this highlight of the day for me. So I will look into making sure it's safe for kids. I don't want to recommend giving your children caffeine. So I don't know. I didn't realize that until I just read it. (laughs) But I mean, it's been fine so far, but I will do a little more research just to make sure I should continue giving it to Ivy or not. I can update you on that. So I don't know. Do your own research before any of this, though. And on that note, I'm going to get my child, my caffeinated child. I've been unknowingly been caffeinating, but I'm going to go grab her. She wants to say a little little bit to you, and then we'll wrap this up. Hi. Welcome to season two. There's a season two? Yes, because I took a break over the summer, right? Yeah. To hang out with you. And oh, now yeah. we're back. So I think this might be a regular thing. Maybe we'll just do it in seasons and then take a break for when you're out of school. Like Bob's Burgers, like how they go out in the summer and then come back. Yes, like Bob's Burgers. Yeah. Are they back yet? I don't know. I have to check. 
Ivy loves Bob's Burgers. It's not a kid's cartoon <laughs> necessarily. It's the only cartoon I will watch. I think it's hilarious. Who's your favorite? Louise. Oh, yeah. She's cute. Do you know who my favorite is? Tina. Yes. Because <laughs> she's so emo. <laughs> oh. I don't know. She just is. <laughs> she likes horses. <laughs> and butts. <laughs> yeah. How was your summer? It was really good. We did a lot of fun things. Like what? What was your favorite part? Well, I liked my birthday, and I liked traveling back east. Oh, I also liked the trip to Paris, Las Vegas. And what I liked about Paris was eating in the Eiffel Tower. And what I liked about going back east was seeing my family. Okay, so back east, we had a couple different spots. So New York City, remember how hot it was and humid? Yes. You weren't used to, you're like, what is humidity? Being a California girl. Right? <laughs> yeah. I have a picture of Ivy in Times Square just like dripping and her arms are out to her side and she's like kind of holding her half <laughs> up and being like, oh my God, mom, what is this? <laughs> so we went to a Broadway show. Aladdin. I thought that it was really good and kind of funny and I like the songs. Yeah. So we got last minute tickets to Aladdin like an hour before. Well, we were walking around Central Park and it was so hot. We were like, we need to cool off. Let's go to a Broadway show. It'll be nice and air conditioned in there. We'll get us out of the sun. As we're sitting there watching it, I could tell Ivy couldn't really see the stage very well. So I ended up talking to, I don't know if he, I think he was called the stage manager. And I don't know why the stage manager was upstairs and not by the stage, but we talked to someone and I was like, my daughter, she actually needs glasses, <laughs> and we didn't get them for her yet, and she can't see the stage, and it's her birthday, and it's her first Broadway show. Like, is there any way we can get any closer? And he's like, I can move you closer, but there's only two, not three. We were with my mom, Ivy's grandma. And I was like, you two go, and I'll stay up here, since my vision far away is actually really good. It's the close-up vision that's been failing lately <laughs> that I need glasses for. So grandma said, no, you two go. I'll stay here. She stayed there, sadly, by herself, which we didn't want to leave her alone, but I wanted to make sure Ivy could see the stage. So we moved closer, and you were able to see, like, the the flying carpet, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. It was really fun. And then what else? Oh, so later that night, so we left, and we were originally going to go to Little Italy, but we had taken the bus into the city from my aunt's house in New Jersey. My aunt's, too. Your great aunt. The last one was at like 11 something at night and we didn't want to miss it. And so by the time we got out of the show, we were like, there's no way we can get down to Little Italy and make the bus. So we ended up finding this place that we saw on a travel video in Times Square. It's this pizzeria, but it was in an old cathedral. And the ceilings are super high and there's this still like the stained glass ceiling and so it looks nothing like a pizzeria, but when you walk in, you would have no idea what was like towards the back, which is this huge multi-level high ceiling room. So it was okay. You got ravioli, right? It was really good ravioli. You like the ravioli. I got pizza. Yeah, it. you and grandma split one. We split one. So mine, my side had no cheese and I probably put some veggies on it. I don't remember what. Yeah. I hate cheese. Good. Glad to hear it. <laughs> Okay, so then we went to the lake up in Pennsylvania. You were brave. I didn't think Ivy would swim in the lake. I did. It was our first time Twice. doing it. I wouldn't even go in. It was, I would have gone in, but it was too cold for me. 
It wasn't that cold. It was warm. You were in there for hours and hours. Yeah. It was like 30 feet deep in the middle. Mm-hmm. And we went out on a boat. You rode a boat for the first time in your life, right? No. I've, I've, drove, I've drove a boat I, You've driven a boat before. But yeah. let's clarify. It was a Duffy, which is a very tiny electric boat, and it's not in the ocean or anything. It was in Newport Harbor. Yeah, but still, I still do. I don't think we should tell the people that we rented it from that. I don't think. I don't think I I was. to be like at least 18. Yeah, I don't think I was supposed to. (laughs) Here I am letting Ivy drive boats and watch Bob's Burgers, and apparently I'm caffeinating (laughs) you at night. So the, the cacao that I've been giving you. I didn't realize it, but it's caffeinated. <laughs> so I need to look up exactly like it's sort of like a different type of caffeine, it said. So it doesn't like affect your nervous system the way coffee does and give you the jitters and keep you awake. But I still have to make sure that it's okay for you to take it. I assume it's, it's like so cool. just like if you were to eat a chocolate bar, the same thing, you know? Yeah. Do you like our cacao ceremonies? Yeah. You're back to school. How's that? Yeah, it's really fun, and I love my teacher. She's the teacher that, like, everyone was hoping that they would get this year. How are the kids in your class? They're, they're nice. What about those three tall girls? They're nice. I'm friends with them. Oh, you're friends with them now? Yeah. That's cool. Do you have any interesting facts? Yes, I do, actually. So, my first interesting fact, is it Ivy's fun facts or Ivy's interesting facts? We wonder this every time we do I it. think it's Abby's Fun Facts, because they're very fun, and also they're called Fun Facts, I not Interesting we, Facts. I'm having deja vu. I think we had this discussion on a previous podcast, maybe on the, inst- on the I almost said on the Instagram podcast, on the Patreon podcast, I think we had this conversation that I think it should be Interesting Facts, and you think it should be Fun Facts, because I'm like, well, they're not always fun, but they're always interesting. What do you mean they're not always fun? Everything is fun. And then I was like, fun. oh, I'll be the judge if it's fun or not. But you can call them fun facts. That's Everything okay. is fun with Ivy Lynn. Okay. Let's let's hear it. And also, um, it's they're called fun facts. Like fun facts is a thing, but interesting facts is nothing. But you've made it your thing. No. Okay, so my first one is bumblebees can fly higher than Mount Everest. Wow. And you're a bumblebee saver. Every time Ivy goes in the pool, she <laughs> saves at least like three or four of them. More. Traveling. Yeah. Gotta save those bees. I always see them swimming in the water and I take them out. Without the bees, we all die. Yeah. So my next fact is snakes can predict earthquakes by detecting vibrations caused by sound. But how do humans know that they've predicted it? Because they can't tell us. How do humans know what ancient stuff was like? Through archaeology and finding... Well, then, yeah, through archaeology. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I just, like, how do they know that the snakes knew? They just knew. The snakes talk. What's the next one? Sloths can hold their breath longer than dolphins can. That's crazy. Yeah. They don't hang out in water, really, do they? No. Yeah, so the dolphins, I always wonder, I'm like, how do they sleep at night if they have to always get their breath? Yeah, I don't know. When Do they just sleep with their blowhole above the water <laughs> or something? I heard that when dolphins are sickly, their dolphin friends like take turns pushing them up to the surface so they can breathe. Oh, dolphins are so smart and yeah. so sweet. They they can communicate to each other. Yeah. They have their own little language. Do you have any more facts or is that it? Yes, I have one more actually. Okay. So ketchup used to be used as a medicine. How? I don't know. We need, Ivy, we need more info. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> like, was it put on wounds? Was it eaten as a medicine? What? Probably eaten. Because of the vinegar, I assume? Vinegar may have killed, you know, stomach bugs or something? Ketchup was medicine at some point. In the, in the 1830s, tomato ketchup was sold as a medicine that could cure aliments. Ailments. Like diarrhea, <laughs> in digestion, indigested, and no, indigestion, 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 just jaundice. Your uncle John had jaundice when he was born. He was yellow. John, John, <laughs> John had jaundice. Yeah, they ate it. I'll be back. Are you done? No. Is that your exit? No. No, I'm back. I just playing Batman out. Thank you, Ivy, for your interesting facts. You're I welcome. mean, fun facts. Yes, they're f- very fun. Anyhow, thank you so much. Thank you for being here. I love your little voice. And thanks for helping me kick off season two of the show. Okay, bye, everyone. See you soon. Ivy. What? Do you want to pick a song? Yeah. What do you want to do? Never going to give you up. Oh, God, no. Song. No. Yes. Come on, let's make a good one, a good one, a good one. Okay, Taylor Swift. Oh. I want the song Wildest Dreams, Taylor Swift. I've already had Taylor on here. Okay, so I bet it wasn't that song. It wasn't that song. Everyone and I think Jack Antonoff helped write that song. Jack was in a band called Fun with my best friend Will, who was the drummer. And Jack is friends with Taylor Swift, and he was in the Taylor Swift documentary. I don't know if you saw it with me, but he just got married in New Jersey because he is from, I think he's from Woodcliffe Lake, which is like a couple towns over from where Mommy is from. So he got married in New Jersey, down the shore, Long Beach, LBI, and Taylor Swift attended, and it was absolute mayhem. People in New Jersey had no idea what to do that Taylor Swift was there. I have to show you the video. You'll freak out. Wait, she was at the wedding? Yeah, they're friends. I know. Yes. Well, I wasn't I invited. I want to meet her. <laughs> I don't know why you weren't invited to Jack Antonoff's wedding. <laughs> oh, yeah, ask him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can do Wildest Dreams. Yay. We don't always have to do songs that mommy likes. Why? <laughs> you, like, you do no, like I, it. I like it, but like I normally go the more emo route why don't you like taylor swift i don't not like taylor swift when i hear her songs i enjoy them i don't like turn them off or hate them i understand the fandom around taylor swift i totally get it and i'm glad that you like her but swifties are going to be attacking you i reviews no they're not because i (laughs) i'm not saying i don't like taylor swift i'm just saying i wouldn't choose to play a second taylor swift song when there's so many other artists i haven't played yet but that's fine i asked your opinion so i need to take it right i don't know why you wouldn't but okay (laughs) he said let's get out of this town drive out of the city away from the crowds i thought heaven can't help me now nothing lasts forever but this is gonna
Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.